Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically performing preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the of reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building that's right we're at the bar where we are biblical and reformed super excited man to be in here being your podcast another week another Tuesday dropping another jewel and I'm in here joined by my co-host my big homie that's right down the road man what's up Mr. Rio how are you today yo what's up fam talk about it Yes, sir. We're we're super excited to have uh, this special guest on. Uh, been working on him for a while, and and uh, and and if you anywhere in the uh, anywhere on the internet, I'll say you've seen uh, this great man of God uh, preach, and uh, and you probably probably wonder how can a man do it that way. Uh, <laughs> but I always enjoy hearing him. Uh, we have none other than Pastor H. B. Charles Jr. How are you, sir? Man, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a joy to be with. With you. Yes, sir. That's right. We have Pastor H.B. Charles Jr. on the bar, and and my my co-host Rio. He's holding back some uh some cheers, uh, uh, uh Pastor Charles, because uh he been wanting this for a while, man. So uh we have to bear with him <laughs> the very first couple of minutes. <laughs> no I'll be I'll be good. Yes, I promise. I'll be good. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll make sure of that. Man. Uh, before we start off, man, I always like to let my guests uh, give a background, you know, the little bio snippet, just to let the people know, people that may not know who you are, just give a little background about yourself, and then we'll jump right into some questions. Sure. No worries. Uh, my name is H.B. Charles Jr. I am born and raised in Los Angeles, California, third generation Baptist pastor. I professed faith in Christ and was baptized as a boy. I also started preaching as a boy, 11 years old, was called to my first church at the age of 17, and I uh, served that church for 18 years until I moved to Jacksonville eight years ago where I have been serving the Shiloh Church. I am married to the uh, 
girl I met in high school that uh, I chased nice. ever since I saw her in class. And uh, <laughs> we have three children, and uh, two of them are teenagers, and our nine-year-old is the grandmother of our family. The grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Man, you know, it's funny. When you were just saying that, you know, marriage high school sweetheart, uh, pastor at a young age, you're like the the preaching LeBron James, man. I, I just put that together, man. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's you. That's you, man. That's dope, man. So I guess I guess to start out, um, uh, talk about starting out. I mean, first, you know, just coming being third generation uh, a pastor, and I've heard you talk about you know starting out very young as a pastor. Talk about that, and then maybe to the progression to where you are as far as you know. I, I mean, I know you don't want to tell your life story, but just some of the highlights of starting out that young. And, and, and developing and having to grow to where you are now? Sure. So I, I started preaching at a, as a boy, 11 years old. I really think, you know, they, they put me up that first time at the end of a youth choir musical for mm -hmm. uh, really, to I think, just to get me off of their back. But I, <laughs> I, was, I was really serious, and there was a, a call on my life, and I came to preach at 11 years old. I was um, a boy with asthma, so even though I enjoyed, enjoy, presently, athletics, uh, my, my dad would say, you know, son, I don't know what you would have done if the Lord didn't call you to preach, because I, I would go outside and have an asthma attack. Um, oh, wow. And uh, wow. so my world was kind of inside, and that led to... <clears throat> my world becoming books and then that world becoming primarily one book, the Bible. So mm. I, I'm grateful that in my father's um, mentoring, he never allowed me to associate the task of preaching uh, disconnected from the task of study. And wow. that was uh, instilled in me very, very early that it wasn't about the presentation uh, of the word, that's 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 not what I should have been focusing on. Um, it, it was about getting into the word so that you were ready to preach the word, and so that stuck with me very very early. I think that began to show up in me very very early. And my father passed when I was 16. A year or so later, they met to call a pastor, and in the providence of God, they called me. I would tell you, I I was just couldn't believe somebody was going to pay me to preach every week. I get, I pay you to let me <laughs> preach every week. Um, right, right. I would say secondarily, basically that's all they let me do was preach. Mm. You know, so, so for me to say, you know, they weren't crazy, you know, turning over the uh, <laughs> keys uh, to a 17-year-old. Um, right. And I, I, didn't, I didn't really know that uh, – I didn't feel that they were doing something wrong initially. Really, over mm -hmm. time, my leadership of the church was, and my influence in the church, I, I, I remember very quickly, I am a few years in, and I am sitting in a, past, in a church meeting in the overflow section where I would sit while somebody else moderated the church meetings. Mm. And this is an argument that goes on for an hour about... Um, restoration of uh, uh, a, a brother in our church 
And finally, someone said, well, ask the pastor what the Bible says about that. Let's ask him. <laughs> and it might have been the first time in like three or so years of pastoring that really I got to talk in a meeting. Oh, and wow. They moved, wow. they moved that I would lead the meeting um, from there. But my influence was directly connected to the teaching of God's word. And I would say, really, it taught me very early on in a lot of different ways. God was showing me the the priority of the pulpit ministry of the pastor. That um, mm. as, as Acts 6 and 4 indicates, the man of God needs to be devoted to prayer and the ministry of the word. And that's really, uh, even though, unfortunately, I have not completed formal studies, I have been diligent uh, in my preparation, and God honored that in the church that I served in Los Angeles, and I believe he's still honoring that commitment now in the church I presently serve. Mm -hmm. HB, my question is, being that you started preaching when you were 16 years old, if I'm not mistaken, how, what really just brought you to the point of, doing expository preaching because I know that's you know that's what you're known for and you do it so good and you know what what brought you to expository preaching well you know my my dad would always say to the preachers around him that he didn't want us to be jack leg preachers uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what that means I just know it wasn't a good thing <laughs> right uh, right right my grandma say the same thing <laughs> yeah and I assumed it it was a by the comments he would make around it, that it's a preacher who couldn't preach. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing that can be said about a preacher is that he cannot preach. And I think uh, I was a student then of preaching in general, a very diligent student of preaching. I wanted to, I wanted, if I was going to follow the call to preach, I wanted to give God my best. Connected to that was that I never thought I'd be able to be the kind of preacher my dad was. So my father was um, a I feel like an evangelist in heart. He was a textual mm -hmm. preacher. He was an orator. Think Martin King. Think Manuel Scott. Think Gardner, mm -hmm. Calvin Taylor, D.E. King, those classic uh, pulpiteers of the African-American church was my dad's style. And I just, I just really felt I would never be able to imitate that. Wow. I feel like un unlike the, the guys around him, who were trying to imitate my dad, I just, I felt very early, I I could not imitate that. So as a teenager, I am trying to find my way. Mm -hmm. I start um, looking at books. So I'm, I'm reading Al Faisal's book on preaching. I would say the book that really introduced me to expositional preaching was uh, a, a basic guide to sermon preparation by Jerry Vine. And... Mm -hmm. I mean, from there, I'm, I am reading on preaching. I'm a teenager reading Walter Kaiser's Toward an Exegetical Theology. Um, That's wow. insane. <laughs> trying, trying to sort out, uh, for all that may be over my head, it is teaching me the priority of the text in preaching. Um, wow. So I start following uh, guys who were doing it, and in providence of God, I, I was pointed toward John MacArthur, who was who's in my who was in my city, and mm -hmm. I would on Sunday night sit in the back of John MacArthur's church and uh, listen to him preach. I think that was a big influence on my style. But then at the same time, I am starting to hear black preachers who back in mm -hmm. that day were doing it. So I'm 
I hear E.K. Bailey. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. Melvin Wade, Kenny Omer, some of these guys back when I was ninth, in my early, late teens, early 20s, these guys would just stand up and explain a text. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it just, um, it, it also showed me expositional preaching married to pulpit passion, if I may say it that way. Yes. So yes. that, um, so that it didn't associate in my head faithful exposition with a dry theological lecture. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it was, you know, logic on fire as, uh, Lloyd Jones's line is. And, and so I, I think those things had early influences on me. Wow. That's really good. That's really good. And that's, that's the, you know, um, I guess that's the thing that that I really enjoy about hearing you uh, is it's not just expositional, but there's a passion there, you know, and just in the African-American, you know, culture, you know, we're, we're used to the the flair without the substance. And, and, and I love to see when it's 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 blended, you know, and it, it comes together. And I think I was listening to uh, one of your uh, your podcasts on preaching and you were saying, you know, that that um, you're not talking about an emotion that just, you know, you must, you, you muster up or you, you just do it cause it's show, but you're talking about having a passion for the text and that passion coming through you, you know, so that, that, uh, we really appreciate that. I mean, I know you probably hear it all the time, but we definitely appreciate that. Um, on down I, here I, at the I've bar. Late, thanks man. And I've been late and lately describing it this way that I want to preach. Mm-hmm. Not as a paid representative, but as a satisfied customer. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I remember hearing that. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's so good. Yeah. Look, that yeah. that's a tweet, man. We gotta we gotta that's put that out there if you right hadn't already. <laughs> so um uh, my next question, um, you know, you talked about uh, you know, being being a pastor and 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 you know, uh being able to focus on pastoring, um and and how like now I know you're more involved, uh, definitely more involved with the, the the governing, I guess, side of it. And, and then also you, you, you speak a lot. I mean, I see you seem like everywhere. How do you balance the being a shepherd and being diligent? Yeah. Yeah. Being diligent and as well as traveling, how do you make that balance? Sure. So, um, if someone asked me, as they often do, what specifically can I pray for you? Uh, my my mm-hmm. my automatic answer is just time management. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm always prayerful about what the Lord would have me to put first, and that um, I, I put first what He would have me to put first when He tells me to put it first, and um, mm-hmm. that's just a, that's an ongoing dependence upon the Lord's leadership in that regard. I was just saying my priority. He is my local church. I'm I'm a pastor, and I don't really right. view myself any other way. I wouldn't view myself as a writer, a podcaster, conference speaker. I'm a pastor, and I do feel like the other stuff I do is the maybe overflow of my pastoral work. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the fruit of my pastoral work much of what I may teach outside my church are representative of things that I have studied to teach my own church, you know? Gotcha, um, gotcha. And um, 
Yeah, so I feel like uh, I would say my challenge right now is with a growing congregation. My my hands are on more administrative stuff during this season, and mm-hmm. I have to fight for and guard time to pray, study, read, think, write. Um, and uh, just to be honest, I mean, at the time of the recording, I'm I'm having a transfer in my office so I'm without a uh, executive assistant. So I feel like a lot of administrative stuff is um, mm-hmm. on my mind and on my plate. But I don't I don't think that should be the goal for any pastor. I think right. the priority should be prayer and the ministry of the word, and that's how I view my work. And the priority of that is in the shepherding of my own church. Good. Wow, that's good, HB. Um, man, so, you know, hearing your, your busy schedule and you're, everyone wants to hear some HB. So my question is, <laughs> you know, being that you, you're a preacher and you preach everywhere, how do you balance, you know, being a husband and a father? Like, you know, how do you balance that and just – Early on in your ministry, I don't know when you were married, but I assume since you were a pastor early, you probably might have got married early as well. How did you learn, you know, how to be a godly husband and lead the family well and lead your wife well, all the while preaching as much as you do? <laughs> yeah, I don't, man, I don't have any intentional strategy. I mean, I could tell you, I mean, so I felt like I, I'd be hypocritical to to try to answer this with something. First, I think the simple thing just starts with, I like being around my wife, you know? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that helps. When I get, when I get home, man, when I, I want to go home to my wife and children and my children have a much more extensive social life than I do. And I just tag along with whatever they're doing. Um, so it's just in my heart, a priority to, to be with my family to um I, I need that even just spiritually i'm i'm not a pastor or an author or any of that i'm dad i'm 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 a husband mm-hmm. to them and that's just healthy for me spiritually it's what refreshes me personally and it just kind of comes naturally to gravitate toward home and, and my family as with with every opportunity that I have, and I would also say I, I'm not really involved as in a whole lot of other things. I mm-hmm. I go carry out an assignment and get right back home to my to my my family and my church. Um, yeah, so I, I would just hmm. say that um, as you guard your heart to keep the, your family and a priority, I, I think I think. Again, that's what I say in Matthew Matthew six thirty three for me. It's just when you put first what the Lord tells you to put first. And there are seasons where my wife will say to the family, you know, your dad's got a deadline, mm-hmm. and wow. you know, uh, so and my family will know. So I, or I can get home. My 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 family shares my calendar, and my fifteen year old daughter, I get home and she's like, "We're going to the movies tonight," and I've had, and I'm like. Yeah, we're not going to the movies. And she's like, "Yeah, you're leaving town. To, you're leaving town to preach tomorrow. We're going to the movies tonight." <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm going to the movies, and so um, I, I'm I'm blessed to just I'm blessed to to have a just a, a a good a good partner in my wife, 
and blessed with the children that we have and blessed to have the atmosphere of the church where they really cover my family while I serve them. They serve my family. Uh, wow, and that's, that's good. Nate as well. Wow, that's great. Man, so uh, I guess to switch it up a little bit, we talked about kind of the work family life balance. Um, we were blessed to have uh, uh, Dr. Lawson on on the bar, uh, and and he talked about we had him talk about uh, sermon prep. And I don't know if you're familiar, you know, he still does the literal copy and paste where he literally do a Xerox copy and paste scriptures and 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 use tape and all that to, to do his preparation. When it comes to you. Uh, prepping a message um is there uh like is there like a routine a method uh you know is there there's like something you know is there a cycle that you use or is it just kind of different just depends on uh what you're teaching or whatever no well most of the time i am starting with a text so it makes my study process routine so i have pretty much you know steps i'm going to Start with mm-hmm. prayer. Um, I'm going to read, reread the text, reread the text. I'm going to do observations of the text, and that's a key part for me. As attentive mm-hmm. as I am, as focused on that process, I feel like it helps the rest of the process go smoothly. I, I'm comparing translations. I do that uh, just because of the world we live in. I just feel like. Mm-hmm. There's no telling what people have on their laps. So I'm checking the major translations, doing my word studies. Um, I'm then at context background stuff. I am then focusing on cross references, and then I'm then I'm reading the commentaries. And mm. as a boy preacher who knew the dilemma that I was in as a boy preacher without formal training. Very early, I would just read a lot of commentaries. I'd read every commentary I could on the given text. Hmm. And I would say, uh, all of these years later, it it still is a part of my routine to read everything I can get my hands on as much with with the time that I have. Um, And over the years, you know, I know there are those who have different opinions about commentaries, but they have become friends that, you know... uh, consult me, friends that mm-hmm. I argue with, you know. Um, and then I, I, I uh, from that process of I'm taking notes on everything right. that is relevant right. for me. And I am keeping a file of those notes so that if 10 years from now I circle back to that or mm-hmm. I, I, or there's another message or another setting I need to do that, the exegesis of the text is already done and that doesn't change. So I'm taking a sermon skeleton after that where I'm just putting the basic framework. What will I call this thing? What is the the point of this sermon in one sentence? The outline, the transitional sentences, and from that structure, that skeleton, uh, my goal is to write a complete sermon manuscript that mm. uh, I'm getting into my system by the time I get to the pulpit so that I can stand to preach with just my Bible in front of me. Wow, that's good, man. That's good. So, HB, let me ask you this, man. So, if I were to introduce expository preaching to a to someone who already preaches, but, you know, he doesn't preach expositionally, 
what would be the best way to introduce that to someone who's already been a preacher? You know, and what would be the case you would make for them to really consider transitioning to this style of preaching? Sure. So I would start here with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. That statement about the nature of Scripture and the sufficiency of Scripture is the foundation for the first two verses of chapter 4 that exhorts, uh, charges Timothy to preach the Word. If the Bible is the God-breathed Scripture, then the natural response is to preach the Word. Mm. So my, my beginning argument is really about the nature of Scripture the power of Scripture, the authority of Scripture, and the sufficiency of Scripture. Wow, that's good. If the Bible Bible is God's Word, I don't need to run around or watch the news or keep up with current events to find a topic to preach. I need to explain and apply what God has already said. That would be my starting point. I think, secondly... The rightly handling of the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15, really demands that you preach the text in context. And I think the most faithful way to do that is expositional preaching. So I would say the first thing about the nature of Scripture really is my response to topical preaching, where I, I find a topic or theme that I want to talk about and then try to find a Scripture to affirm what I've already decided I want to talk about. I think the second emphasis here about context is my response to textual preaching or that kind of preaching that just runs a bunch of verses together. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you can preach thematically like that in a faithful expositional way, but I feel like often it is not done. When you are when you are co- collecting these verses, seven verses, I feel like you owe each of those seven verses diligent study <laughs> so that wow. you're not just you're not just lifting a verse out of context and dragging it to the pulpit to say something that it never intends to say mm, um, come on doc so the best guard about that is to land on a text and understand what it means by what it says in context and draw the conclusion of the meaning of that particular text and explain and apply that text for for preaching. And I just think the third thing I would say is by how I teach the Word, I am modeling how to study the Word. Wow. And if I am preaching in a peck and hunt thing where I'm grabbing verses from all over the Bible, I'm modeling something not healthy for my people who treat the Bible like an encyclopedia that you go get out of it what you want, rather than wow. a cohesive story from one divine mind with with clear argumentation, with a logical progression, and with authorial intent of for every text. Wow, man, that that you you said some profound stuff right there, man. That's so good, man. And uh, man, my last question for you, HB, for me is just. Um, I'm 23, and, you know, I know God called me into the ministry when I was 17. And I I did some schooling at a Christian college, 
up here in South Carolina where I'm at. And um, I didn't get to finish, but I did a lot of schooling and I've always studied. But my question is, you know, what is the greatest advice you can give me as a young person who, you know, know he's called to the ministry and called to preach God's word? Yeah, so my my first advice is that if there is an opportunity to to get to or get through formal training at a place where they believe and teach the Bible, that would be my first recommendation. If the Lord permits that opportunity, I would take advantage of it. Um, the younger, the earlier you are in ministry, the better. Um, secondly, I would just say, after that, my advice is just Second Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When I was a boy, maybe before my teens, my father uh, gave an interesting response. I preached one of the little youth meetings, and one of the old deacons who was always kind of antagonistic against my daddy pulled me aside. He said, boy, that was a good job, Junior. He says, uh, man, in a minute, you're going to be better than the old man. Uh-oh. And <laughs> I, yeah, I repeated that statement to my dad. And my dad said, he's right. He says, and he says, son, if you if you don't end up being a better preacher than me, your ministry is a failure. Wow. He says there are there are resources and opportunities and tools that I never had when I was a young preacher that are all available to you. So you have no excuse for being unprepared for ministry. And wow. I, I really I really think, you know, some of the schools I recommend would recommend there are schools now that are building websites to put their to archive their classes online for people to just watch. Um mm -hmm. there there are there are conferences. There are there is uh I most of my friends do most of their research online where I over the years have built a physical library with software and so many other tools. I feel like we don't have a an excuse. And most ministers will fail um, n not by lack of gift or lack of opportunity or even lack of education, but by lack of diligence. They are not doing wow. 2 Timothy 2.15. That's good, sir. That's good. I I'm glad you made my, my co-host happy, man. He's he been wanting to hear your thoughts on that uh, for a good while. Um, so right here, you guys, we're going to take a quick break for uh, a little commercial right here, and we'll be right back with you. This is the Chocolate Knox. If you love that wonderful sensation of chewing glass, this is the show for you. Cross Politic is a weekly show and podcast that mixes the taboo formula of faith, culture, and politics, proclaiming the Lordship of Christ in every corner of our culture. Hallelujah. Gabriel Wrench is a deacon from Texas. And he wears overalls. One time. <laughs> Chocolate Knox, a.k.a. David Shannon, 
He's a movie maker from Minnesota. Action! I'm Toby Sumter, pastor here in Moscow, Idaho, and I used to live in Alaska. Did you know that? No. No. We've interviewed everyone from Alveda King to Ted Cruz to Steve Dace to Walter Williams, and we invite you to join us here at CrossPolitik as we learn to fight, laugh, and feast, all to the glory of God. CrossPolitik.com. All right, everybody. Uh, if you hadn't tuned in, of course you had. It's just a podcast. It's not a real radio show. But we have Pastor H.B. <laughs> Charles Jr. on the line. And uh, we've been having a great time, man. Definitely, definitely appreciate uh, him taking out the opportunity to uh, come and, and uh, be on the bar and, and hang out with us. And, and we've really, really enjoyed it. Dropped a lot of, lot of good stuff, a lot of good content. Um, but everybody knows this part of the, the show. We like to do our fun questions because we're on our way out of here so uh we're going to do our last two fun questions with uh pastor charles and then we'll be up out of here so pastor charles my first fun question is what kind of music do you listen to if we were to pull your podcast i mean your your ipod or your phone up and pull your playlist out what what would we be hearing you would be less you would find a lot of gospel music so i'm a big yes, sir. <laughs> my daddy was the pastor of the church i grew up in my mother was the minister of music um so yeah I, I i learned a love affair with gospel music from my mother that's predominantly all that's on there but i i would say um i like uh all kinds of music so you would find samplings of a lot of stuff Pre- predominantly <laughs> outside of gospel probably 80s and 90s R&B would be the second thing that you would find. Hey, probably. gotcha. Go <laughs> ahead, <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. So, um, actually, it's funny because I, I was listening to your show and you talked about this part a little bit. When it comes to podcasts or sermons, what do you listen to? Do you have like a routine? Is there like a rotation? Because I actually listened to that. Uh, I think it was the other day you talked about different uh, sermons you listen to. So what are the podcasts or sermons that, that you be playing? Yeah. So I, I, um, at this point, I start my morning, a part of my morning routine has been, I would say over the last couple of months is to listen to the uh, briefing by Dr. Al Mohler. Mine too. Yes. <laughs> I, I just think, first of all, I'm just the breadth of what he covers, you know, on a daily basis. And the analysis of world events from a Christian perspective just keeps me on my toes. Um, but I'm listening to some of my favorite preachers, um, John Piper and John mm-hmm. MacArthur and R. Kent Hughes are several of my favorite preachers. On one end, I am listening to Ralph Douglas West, Maurice Watson, and um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on on the other end, and I, I'm regularly listening to those with a lot of others mixed in. Gotcha. That's dope, man. I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I find um, when you when you when you ask people those kind of questions, it kind of give people a little insight of them on a personal level. Um, but again, sir, we, we definitely appreciate you taking time out. I'm going to give you the floor right here to uh, 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 promote everything you got going on, whether it's your conference, your websites, your apps, uh, any any shout outs, any recommendations. 
anything you want to put out here, my only disclaimer is whatever you put out, I need somebody to send me the link so I can put it in the show notes so we can help the people find it, okay? <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Um, uh, you can find out um, about me, about my church, about things I've write, written and recorded, my podcast. You'll find all of that at hbcharlesjr.com. Uh, the particular thing I will focus on is that September 19th through 21 of this year, I will be hosting uh, our fourth Cutting It Straight Expository Preaching mm-hmm. Conference, where we are uh, trying to help train, model, and promote faithful Bible teaching and preaching. And it should be a blast this year with some great speakers um, who are not only going to talk about teaching and preaching, but we're talking about having a biblical philosophy for worship and for women's ministry and for students' ministry as well. Mm-hmm. You can find out more about that as well at hbcharlesjr.com. Awesome. Awesome. That is that is cool. You said that's in September? Yes, sir. Good deal. Man, maybe we can get down there, Rio. I know Chitari will be all yeah. over that. Maybe we can. I'll, 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 I'll cancel everything to get down there, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope you'll come, man. Yeah. We'll be glad to have you. Yes, sir. Good deal. All right, Rio, you got anything else uh, for, for HB before we roll out of here? Man, HB, I just appreciate what you're doing for the kingdom, man. You've been a blessing. Thanks, brother. I, I appreciate you, brothers, and uh, stay the course, man, and got all the best to you. Yes, sir. We appreciate that. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to The Bar. Definitely another classic episode. Uh, make sure you guys check us out at www.thebarpodcast.com. That's where you can find all the podcasts. You can sign up for the email list. You can get all the blogs, all the everything is right there in one location. Uh, we salute. Thank you, uh, Pastor Charles, one more again. And if nothing else, y'all, we'll see y'all next Tuesday. God bless. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation. 
invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many, many more. Make sure you sign up. The link's in the show notes. Join the VIP inside the bar group and we'll see you there.